Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. We're your Auburn fans. Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and it's time to talk about some Auburn football. It's the season preview for the 2021 football season. It's here, and uh, we've got some awesome things to talk about, predictions for the season. Just strap in. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to be talking about all 12 regular season games and uh, maybe a post game or postseason. Where where do you think we're gonna go? Bowls? Do we go to the playoffs? Is it possible? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this year. Anyway, um, Jared, I've also brought along him uh, so that we can uh, talk about this. Jared, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good to have you back, man. Last week, uh, Kyle had to. You got us into the red zone. Kyle had to get us in the end zone. But I'm I'm glad to have you back, sir. So you're saying. I'm an Auburn offense that struggles in the red zone. So you <laughs> well, and Kyle were, were Anders Carlson that kicked it through the Ky- football, right? Well, Kyle Kyle has a little more – like his throwing motion is good. You got us down there with your arm, and then we brought in Kyle to, <laughs> to kind of do a little read option thing. So Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I did hear y'all talked about the two-quarterback system, which I appreciated. So, um, it, And then, you know, Harson hasn't shut that down. Maybe we have a TJ Finley, Bo Nix – dual quarterback system this year maybe <laughs> I, who knows at this point anything's possible i guess yeah yeah i guess so it it's gonna be a, a learning experience not only for us fans but definitely the players uh because this is you know it, as we all know gus got fired at the end of last season and uh we paid him a 21 million dollar buyout and we ended up hiring a guy that has never been in the SEC before, um, Brian Harson. He has brought along some staffers like Mike Bobo and uh, Derek Mason that have been in the SEC. So they have the experience, but bringing somebody like Harson into this, it's going to be a grueling, I feel like a shift from what he was experiencing up at Boise State to now playing the SEC schedule. Um, there will be a good lead into it with four non-conference games, but then once you get to the you know the rest of the eight games of your season, the last eight games are all SEC opponents. So it's going to be grueling and uh, definitely a learning experience for um, Harson and his staff. Um, Jared, I want to talk about like expectations for this first year um, under Harson. Where do you think we need to set the expectations um, with this first year staff? And specifically, like Harson coming into the SEC. Yeah, I mean, there's no no real way to know. I my you know I feel more comfortable if I was really you know putting things on the line. I would feel comfortable saying seven wins, but my gut really says eight. I mean, I feel like we can get to eight wins. Um, I think nine would be kind of exceeding expectations, and yeah. you know, ten would be 
you know, ridiculous. But I think what we're going to run into is, um, I yeah, I, I think essentially there's going to be some teams that we can that we can handle. The high-powered offenses are going to be tough, but there might be only three on the schedule that you know we're going to run into like that. So I feel like I feel like eight. I feel pretty good with eight. How about you? Yeah, I think I, I mean first off, I think we need to somewhat temper expectations. Uh, I think in a normal year we would expect nine, ten wins, if not more, in a season. And I think the truth is Harson really the only, I say quote unquote true recruits that he's gotten have been pretty much the transfer portal guys that he's brought in. So, I mean, for, for the most part, it's new guys. It's a lot of new guys to Harson and his staff. So they're still trying to learn what, you know, defensively, offensively that they're really good at. Well, what are the weaknesses? And let's try to avoid the things that, you know, we're not as good at. So that's going to be the growing experience that I think, yeah, you can see some of that in, you know, spring camp and fall camp and all that, but you're not really going to know until you hit those hard games, which probably the first one's going to be Penn State. See what your team's truly made of, and especially your first SEC game. You're, you're going to see some tough competition that will truly put your team to, to the test. Uh, but I think ultimately, I, I think seven is a good number. Like seven is a decent number. If we get up to, like you said, nine, I consider that a fantastic season. Um, and, and if we get eight, I consider that a great season. If we get six, I'm not going to be terribly disappointed, but I will just be like, it was a meh year, especially since uh, like, I, I think our defense is pretty darn good this year. And I think it will be, um, if we can't win more than six, that means we've had some issues on offense, and and that would just be honestly kind of disappointing. Um, I yeah, I totally agree with you on that. So, I know we're unranked, which shocked me a little. Like I was thinking, maybe we like squeak into the top twenty just because we have a third year quarterback. We've got Tank Bigsby. We've got a fantastic defense, but what do you think kind of leads into us not being ranked in a lot of? preseason polls um because i i was honestly i was kind of like i said expecting to at least you know in the 20s somewhere yeah i don't know i mean a, a lot of that is just i mean i'll be honest with you i think once these guys get outside the top 10 or 15 they're just throwing darts um and we didn't get enough darts thrown i guess i mean it, it nobody knows i mean you look at some of the teams and i mean Somebody may disagree with me and nothing against any like Indiana fans, but I mean, if you're putting Indiana up against Auburn and you had to put money on it, are you really picking Indiana? Right. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but Indiana's like ranked 18th. So good for them. I got nothing against them. And I think that's cool. I'm just saying there was a lot of other schools that you kind of are like, eh, if you had to put money on it, I don't know if you're picking them against Auburn. Here's the reality. I mean, Auburn is a roller coaster ride. You and I know it. We live it. Um, mm -hmm. We have no idea where we're going to be. Nobody else does either. But um, the the star level is there to be really good. So I'm surprised with you that, you know, essentially all we need is just the right coaching to get them to play where they can. So, yeah, I was a little surprised that um, we weren't ranked either. But use it as motivation. Um, and, and honestly, I I have always been a big fan of kind of flying under the radar for a while. And then making your name known. I mean, that's 
kind of how we've we've made our national championship runs. We've kind of flown under the radar. Not many people knew about Cam Newton for the first few games, and then Cam Newton and the offense just clicked. And it and from that point on, it was a huge upward trajectory. And I love kind of that you know we sit under the radar, but we do win, and we keep you know maybe shocking a team or two. And I think we can shock a few teams this year that are are ranked right now. Like I mean, I'm thinking about LSU right now. They're ranked number 16. I don't think they're that good. And I think we can beat them. I, I, I agree. Like, if you're looking at, okay, why is, what does LSU, what have they proved? I mean, we smoked LSU last year. They, I mean, they finished five and five last year, and they lost a lot of their staffers. Like, they had a huge staff turnover. Yeah, I know it's not a full, you know, they still have Ed Orgeron, whatever, but like, they had a lot of staff changeover, and you expect them to win. I've seen like nine or 10 wins is like what people are thinking. That's a that's a hefty task in the SEC West. I realize LSU is loaded with five stars. There's no doubt about that. But um, yeah, like you look at what what they have versus what we have, and you know they're 16 and we're not ranked. I, I mean, look, we just paid a guy 21 million dollars to get to have him go away, and he blew out LSU last year. Yeah, it was like 55 to 14 or something crazy. Yeah. So, anyways. This is all a moot point because um, it does, here's the thing. You know, we unfortunately got in on the first, uh, the beginning dominance of the SEC in 04. But now if you win in the SEC, take care of business, you're going to get in. So it doesn't matter. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is a little snub uh, when you see teams like LSU in and you're like, okay, what have they proven more than Auburn? They had a national championship two years ago, but yet – Everybody that was part of that is gone. That that was a key player for them is gone. Like yeah, and I think they brought in a maybe a new coordinator who may have eaten at like the same bojangles that the offensive coordinator who <laughs> led all that did. So apparently he knows everything now. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm Absolutely, like, he's not the same guy. I mean, that guy's now the offensive coordinator for the NF for an NFL team. Right. Exactly. So anywho, yeah, I think it's just it's. It kind of doesn't sit right that we're unranked, but at the same time, I, I can, I love kind of be the underdog, and this sets us up well to be the underdog for a lot of these games. And if we play our cards right, and this team starts gelling well together, things can happen. I mean, there's, I feel like there's just too much talent on Auburn's team to go only six and six. Let's put it that way. I agree. Um, let's start, let's talk just kind of high level about offense, defense, and special teams. What's your expectations? Who do you think standout stars are going to be? That kind of stuff. Um, let's start out Jared with, uh, you know, the offense which is under now under Mike Bobo. Um, what is your kind of expectations for the offense this year? Um, I think at the very beginning, it's going to be pretty boring, honestly. And I'm okay with that. I think we're going to lean on the defense tremendously to carry us. I think offensively, it's going to be a lot of tank and uh, shivers and and the other guys sprinkled in, um, a lot of play action stuff like that. Nothing, no crazy numbers from quarterbacks, even if they're you know being very efficient. It's it's just going to be run heavy. I think it's going to look a lot more like uh, maybe not of the same caliber, but I keep saying it the Saban the early Saban uh, team teams where they would just try to mm-hmm. wear you down and overpower you. I think that's what we need to expect. It's not going to be wide open slinging the ball around in my opinion at least not early on 
Yeah, and I, I've kind of been under that same impression. And uh, watching, you know, different A-days and, like, hearing about practices, it's definitely been a much more downhill running style. And thinking back to even last year, I mean, we actually, when Tank was healthy, we could run the ball pretty darn well. It was just when he got injured and we had offensive line injuries when we had some issues with running the ball. Um, and, and, you know, getting that, you know, running game going, I think gives time, especially for these young wide receivers to get reps out there and get a few catches, get comfortable and, and build that chemistry with the quarterback to play as a unit. And and there's gotta be, I mean, we all know it. There's gotta be balance between running the ball and passing. But I think at the beginning, like you said, it kind of sets up well to figure out the run game and then you know, add in more and more passing as we go along with in the season. At least that's what I'm thinking, um, and, and I think it could do well. I mean, especially with how Harson wants it to be a you know, blue-collar type team that plays hard and is, you know, put your nose down, you know, hit hard. That kind of you know, mindset bodes very well to a running game. I, I think it's, um, you think more, think more like Tommy Tuberville. I think it's going to be more of that era in the beginning, at least. Um, just you're right, blue collar, you know, kind of running the ball a lot, relying on that and relying on your defense. And you mentioned downhill, and I think we all just, oh yeah, downhill, downhill. We all just say it like everybody knows, and then everybody looks at each other and they say, what does that really mean? <laughs> and I and I saw an article about it downhill. Uh, Harson may have been talking about it. It was somebody. It's essentially, it's a mindset um of like strong uh mentally and physically and seeing the hole and hitting it you know with fit with force uh right no 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 timidness at all and so it's more of a mindset thing than than just a uh downhill you know everybody runs the same way but it's 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 kind of a way to get your mind right is what i was kind of gathering yeah yeah and i think it uh, okay so we all know carry on johnson was a great running back in the nfl still but I think of him kind of the opposite in a way. Like yes. he would kind of sit back, wait for the hole to develop, and then hit through. This is going to be more of a mindset. And in the you know film that I've seen from coming from practice, it's get the ball, hit the hole, quick, hard. And if it's there, great. If it's not, you know, push through, get a couple yards. And and that's the kind of mindset I feel like it's going to be slightly different. Um, but I think that benefits both Shivers and Tank their running styles are very much hit the hole. And, and if they get a hole, they're gone. Like they're going to get the 10, 15, 20, 50 yard runs that are the explosive, huge running back plays. So that that's where I kind of see our offense being. Um, I do also think, and, and I, I think our tight ends are going to get a good bet. I know last year we were you know hyping up tight ends are going to get a lot of play. I think even more this year, because a lot of times we might even have, two I, I mean maybe three maybe tight ends on the field at the same time but i've definitely already seen two um on the field at the same time during our eight during the eight day game so i think guys like john samuel shinker and, jo- and luke deal and maybe even uh who is it tyler Fromm. like i think those guys are going to get some good touches um with the ball Hey Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. 
Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Um, any concerns? You, I mean, at this point with offensive line, I know it's a big you know, buzz thing right now. <laughs> offensive line, is it going to come together this year or not? Where, where are you kind of at with that? I was feeling more optimistic until the last two uh, Saturday scrimmages because it has not been good news coming out. Um, but it's hard when you're playing your own team. It's so funny how everybody gets up in arms. Oh, we're going to be a terrible offense. Um, it literally could mean we have a really good defense. But our defensive line has just been eating the offensive line's lunch. I mean, it's been pretty bad. I, yesterday, apparently, they couldn't move the ball. Um, I believe both threw a 100-yard interception. Uh, they were running for their lives, apparently the quarterback. So it all was like a broken record. But I really think in the end, it's going to get ironed out how soon. Um, you would hope that we only have to get it ironed out before the Penn State game, like use the first three weeks. If we mess up in one of those weeks, it's it's uh, I take away my eight win projection. But we got three games to get it ironed out technically. So, I, But I am very concerned about it, honestly, uh, based off of what I'm hearing. So um, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, so I think the the thing that we're going to need, and, and this is where it comes down to the first few games, might not look that great because we're probably going to be running the ball a lot. It's going to be a vanilla-type offense from what I imagine. And until we get to Penn State, I, I think we're probably not going to show a lot. And, you know, rightly so. You're trying to, like, hide things. But the the thing, especially with offensive line, is they, they've been, from my understanding, they've been swapping guys around. They've been trying to, you know, cross-train guys that are tackles and put them in guard and you know, move guys around, and they haven't really said, this is our starting five, and these are the guys for sure you need to practice all together, do the, you know, gelling, whatever, and that takes time. And hopefully by the time we get to Penn State, they've done some gelling enough that they understand what the guy next to them is doing. And if that comes true, I think not only will our run blocking and us being able to run the ball well, I think that's I, – I give that a really good probability of it happening. But I think the pass blocking is kind of where we've seen issues over the last few years. Look, here's if the they deal. they can shore up any, you know, any issues with that at all, 
and I'll be a happy man. If Bo gets an extra second to throw and isn't running for his life, I think we have a, a much better chance at winning games. Here's the deal. When do you ever see Wisconsin and Northwestern in like the top 15, 20 recruiting? Never. Yeah. But they have good offensive linemen. They block well. And that frees up, no offense, but it frees up some, some more average players to make plays. our whole issue is being able to provide an opportunity for these four and five stars we have. So if we can figure that out, like you said, if they'll gel, we got the players, like it can be done. Um, And and even our receivers are, I mean, they're all like four stars, I think. I mean, so, you know, there's talent there. We just, but, but you don't, you you don't pass go Um, Mm -hmm. to use a monopoly reference. You don't pass go if you can't block and, that's really what we've been battling like the last two and a half, three years. Yeah, essentially. And I'm really liking Will Friend as an offensive line coach, but I want to see the product on the field and what he's able to do with this team, um, especially the offensive line. Um, So it's still a question mark in my mind. I'm honestly not like stressing about it, but it is slightly concerning that we're, we're still trying to find that you know, top five guys. Um, and, and I feel like at this point we're you know, less than two weeks away from our first game. And uh, I, I want them to know exactly what's going on and, and have that connection with all offensive linemen and, and Bo to be able to trust them. I think that's the big thing, like Bo trusting that offensive line to do what they're supposed to. So just my thoughts on that. Um, let's move on to, you know, overall expect, uh, expectations for defense. Um, uh, so now we've got Derek Mason, Kevin Stills moved on. Um, and this is, you know, Derek Mason's first season as a defensive coordinator since 2013, um, when he was coaching at Stanford. Um, you know, then he went to Vandy, did ho- head coaching stuff there. I'm sure was still very much involved with defense, but now he's focusing specifically on, on defense and able to put all of his efforts into that. Uh, what do you? What's kind of your expectations and maybe some players to stand out uh, that might stand out this season for our defense? I think we're going to be really good on defense. Um, I think that we were pretty good last year in that area, and we brought back some players. Um, we've added some players. You know, we had a couple of defensive linemen that are four, you know, four star and above. Um, you got more experience with you know Owen Papo. Um, you know, I, I just think that we brought in some secondary help and retained some that consider going to the NFL. Yeah. I, I'm very excited about our defense. I think it's going to be probably one of the top half groups in the SEC. It's hard to be number one when you got Georgia and Alabama and LSU, but I think we'll be in the top five. And top five in the SEC is probably top ten in the country. Well, I wouldn't maybe say top ten, but ultimately scoring percentage-wise, stuff like that, we're going to be in the top fifty, top fifteen percentage on some of the things that matter. You know, we got edge rushing apparently during these scrimmages and practices. The edge rushing has been tremendous. That's something we've mm-hmm. been missing um, until a few years ago when we had the guy that had the one-hit wonder and went to the NFL. I can't think of his name. Uh, sensei they called him uh, he always bowed oh jeff holland jeff holland yeah Yeah, he's basically the last pass rusher we've had um so i think that's not going to be the case this year i think we may have multiple guys that can get to the quarterback they're going to be very well coached the biggie you never know about is tackling you know that was the one thing that kevin Steele did so well um man we we went several years where i mean we could not tackle and it was so infuriating and and that Mm -hmm. was not a problem when kevin Steele came in he solidified that um, I did read something, uh, I think it was Roger McCary, 
who was saying it's going to be almost more of a um, it's got, not zone. He didn't use the word zone, but it's you're kind of like a zone until you have until you know you have to go man. So you it's a lot more thinking involved where you watch mm. the receiver. Mm-hmm. You go you work off of him, and if he does something, you leave him, and the, the guy in another zone picks him up. If he yeah. does the other thing, you stay with him man to man. So. There's a lot of moving pieces, but um, I think we got the players that can do it because we got a lot of senior leadership on that side. Yeah, I was I was about to say I think it comes back to the amount of uh, tenure that we we have on this team. It's a lot. There's a lot of guys that have been around the block. I mean, Roger McCreary being I think the top one in my books. Um, I mean, Smoke Monday gets some some credit, but I think Roger McCreary with his leadership, the way he plays, and how shut down he is as a corner i mean honestly i thought he he was going to go to the nfl last year and he decided to come back so i think that always says a lot when a guy can go to the nfl but knows he can improve even more in college before he makes that jump to the next level um another thing i i was just thinking about with our defense and kind of the you know change of guards over to Derek mason is we're, we're moving from the what was it essentially a four two five kind of offense so four down linemen two linebackers and then five secondary players now we're moving to a three four base so three down linemen four linebackers and some you know ed ed you know outside linebackers that can do edge rushing kind of thrown in there it's it's been a transition but so far from the players every defensive player that's talked about it has said it hasn't been that hard of a transition so however Derek mason and defense are learn are teaching the players how to you know play in this three four base has been effective and it's obviously showing i mean we talked about in the offensive section of this like it's something that i i really think the defense is really good and our offense is always you know catching up it's kind of like the proverbial thing about you know and before the season gets started defense is almost always better than offense or at least it appears that way and then offense starts getting traction and they start figuring out you know what they're gonna do what their identity is um i I do think that it's again very key this year that we've got some linebackers like owen papo and zacoby mclean i mean shoot they they combined for 216 tackles last season that's a ton of tackles that's a lot of experience that they're bringing back um and, and having other guys like td moultrie that is going to be an outside linebacker. That's going to be huge. Um, so, again, I think defense is going to be a strong point. But I also think we, we haven't even really mentioned, you know, a lot of the secondary here. I think there's going to be some standout guys you may not have heard of before. Like, last year I was really big on Jalen Simpson early in the season. He got injured, wasn't able to play very much. Towards the end of the season, he started picking up a little bit of, you know, getting some more play time. But this offseason, Jalen Simpson has been really awesome. So I, I he's almost my standout. Like I, I really want him to do well um, for this defense, and I think he's probably going to get some extra playtime this year. Um, Jared, any any kind of like standout stars you think for this defense besides the main ones like Owen Papo or Zacoby um, for this defense that you think uh, will stand out? Um, I don't know standout wise. I think is it Kobe Wooden. I think I'd probably, oh, yeah. you know, if I'm going to go conservative, I would say, hey, look for him. I, somebody that I think is an interesting case is going to be T.D. Moultrie because we mm-hmm. are basically moving him back to his, I think, his more uh, normal role. 
Uh, it's what he came out of high school. He's basically going to kind of be a, a linebacker that can get down on the line. Um, so he's going to be allowed to play a little more freely. And man alive, if we hadn't talked about him every year of like, this is the year, this is the year, the man's got potential. Yes. I mean, when he was, when we, that recruiting class, I think Gus said, hey, you know, our, our best recruit that year was Moultrie. Um, that's in him. He has it. Can we tap into it? Putting him back to his more natural position. He's somebody I'm real interested in keeping an eye on. I mean, you got your smoke Mondays. They're going to be good. Roger McCreary's. I mean, mm-hmm. you got, you know, all those players are going to be good, but, um, I, I am very curious to see how the experiment with Moultrie turns out. Yeah. That's a very good one. I, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see that as well, since this is kind of like a new position, uh, that, he hasn't played in college. He's going to be this outside linebacker slash edge rusher. Like it's going to be interesting. And, and I hope that this transition is a good one for him. So um, let's transition over to special teams just very briefly. And then we'll jump into you know each of the games and uh, our predictions for them. So special teams kind of what's your expectations for this year? We got a new special teams coach. Uh, Anders Carlson is a senior definitely the leader of the special teams group um and uh punting it, it sounds like either oscar chapman or aiden marshall kind of you know what we did kind of last year just depending on you know what we're thinking and which guy to go with um but what's kind of your expectations for the special teams yeah and i think from the field goal game obviously we're going to be fine there i don't have any issues uh very very comfortable with you know, bringing him in probably even over 50 now that that first year was, you know, he was just a young kid. Um, punting wise, I don't full, I don't really know enough about it if I'm being honest, but you know, last year, I think we were okay. We weren't great. Um, and if we are going to have to rely on defense in the beginning, that will be a huge weapon if we can get really good there. Um, punt return wise, you know, I think was it Javaris Johnson? I think I read where he, he was, he showed some flashes returning punts. Uh, mm-hmm. and some practices so that's pretty positive pretty promising and then you know kickoff returns i don't know harson's theory uh, uh gus's was like put your best players out there so you know tank had several uh almost took them to the house did take one to the house still mad about that phantom hold and old miss oh yeah but, that was stupid yeah so on kick returns i don't know who he's gonna have back there but if it's tank i'll hold my breath every time he takes off running but uh, i think some good things could happen there too yeah, I mean, I've also heard Shivers is going to get a lot of kickoff returns this year. Um, and, I mean, that guy gets up to speed. He is not afraid. And, and that's kind of what you need. You need a guy that can, you know, I mean, Shivers is that. He's an athlete. He's a sprinter. And uh, you need a guy that can get up to that top speed quick and uh, still be able to make some moves, which Shivers can obviously do with, you know, the Alabama knocking the dude's head off. Like, <laughs> he's not afraid of some contact. No, you know, um, you know the interesting thing about kick returns. When I the the little bit that I know about this is the guys that are successful. They you're talking about hit, hitting, getting up to speed. They get through the first wave quick, and then yes. they then they make their move. Yeah. The people that struggle, they try to make their move before they get through the first wave, and at that point, it's oh, you're dead in the water. I mean, mm-hmm. so you gotta, yeah, yeah, you gotta get up past the first group, then make your move. But you gotta have a crease to do that. But um, he, he'll hit it if he sees it. Yeah, I think so too. Another new guy for kickoff returns, I think, is going to be uh, it's Donovan Kaufman. He he was uh, somebody in the last few practices has been getting some good reps. Um, he's a young guy, I think, freshman, um, and uh, I think he could he could also kind of if Shivers needs a little rest. Give Donovan Kaufman 
um, the return and let him do you know run the ball back. Um, I, I, another thing, and this, I thought this was pretty impressive for punting this last year. Uh, so between Oscar Chapman and Aiden Marshall, our punts were only returned on average like 2.5 yards. It was somewhere around there, like two to three yards. That's very impressive. That means like we were able to kick it well and pretty much most of the time have little to no return, um, which to me, I love that. Uh I, I don't want the chance for a guy to do a, you know receive the punt, run it all the way back. I feel like that's just so demoralizing um, for a team. So I, I think with Oscar and Aiden Marshall, I think both of those guys, they've kind of proven that they, they know where to put the ball. Um, so it's just a matter of doing it again this year. I, don't, I mean, Andres Carlson, I think he was like 90%. He was like 20 for 22 last year for field goals. He's going to be a solid guy um, again this year. What happened um, on those two? What's his, what's his problem? I don't know, man. We need, we need to clean that up. We need to be 22 for 22. <laughs> I, if I remember right, I think those were like 50 plus yards. Um, they were pretty long. Totally good. <laughs> they were pretty long. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think we've got a you know, bright future for our special teams and uh, looking forward to see what they do this year. This concludes part one of our 2021 Auburn football season preview. Stay tuned. Coming up soon, the next episode will be full game breakdowns and predictions. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.